Welcome back to the Center in the City podcast. I am so excited you are here. Today is such a treat because I get to interview Alexandra Balansweig. They are the founder of Hum Hum, which is a new modern dating app that takes a mindful and intentional approach to building connection. This conversation is so juicy and heart-centered and is great for anybody who's curious to start dating in the new year, who's maybe created this as a goal or an intention for 2024. Also, it's just a great episode to understand how humans connect and what meaningful connection actually can look like and feel like in our lives. A little bit about Alexandra. They have 10 plus years in facilitating experiences and holding spaces for groups to connect, to collaborate. Alexandra has a certification as a Kundalini yoga teacher, a Reiki master teacher, and is a Vipassana meditation practitioner. Prior to founding Hum Hum, Alexandra worked as a consultant in strategic design and product management. You can learn more about Alexandra and all of their experience and a link to Hum Hum in the show notes. Wherever you are in this moment, I welcome you to settle in and let's get centered. Alexandra, welcome to the Center in the City podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Wade. I'm excited to dive in to this conversation around mindful connection and mindful dating. And I'd love it if you could share with listeners just a little bit about your inspiration for starting Hum Hum and even where the name for Hum Hum developed because I love it so much. For sure. So um, it came out of my own desire when I had just moved to New York to want to make more authentic connections. Um, And specifically, I was dating and recognized that it felt really difficult for me to have the kinds of interactions that I was really craving, which were interactions where I felt like there was that shared permission to stay connected to ourselves, where we could really have more meaningful conversation that wasn't really centered on just like the obvious, like, where are you from and what do you do? And um, for me, I recognized that part of what was really nourishing for me was this almost experience of shared solitude, where I could be fully connected to my own experience, but then sharing that with another person. And that's more like, you know, once we're established and have a comfortable bond, but even, you know, with friends, like being able to have that kind of like, almost like library vibe, or if we go to a yoga class, like that conversation just after those experiences for me was always really meaningful because each of us got to have an experience and then bring the connection to be about hey, what was that like for you? What was that like for me? And we actually got to share an experience and then build connection based off of that. And so I got really curious about how to create more spaces and opportunities that allowed people to have shared experiences and then bring themselves to the table to connect over those shared experiences. So it started for me because I was attempting to date and then recognized I just didn't really 
resonate with dating apps. I didn't resonate with swiping. I felt like it was bringing out parts of my heart that I was working to almost um, cultivate the opposite of. So I would be wanting to be more present, wanting to be more curious, wanting to be more kind. And I found that swiping actually was bringing out like impatience and judgment and this kind of transactional energy. And it's like, I don't want to fan those flames. Like that's not how I want to be. So how can I give myself more opportunities to practice being who I want to be and then share that with other people? There's so much wisdom there because you're right. Like the, the way we practice, what we practice helps feed our responses, our reactions to life. And so when we are in the process of swiping and feeding this like judgmental mind of I'm just looking at somebody from their few words on their profile and their pictures, we feed that like, oh, what's that quick reaction to swipe yes or no. So I, I just really appreciate the way you're, you're framing your desire for meaningful connection because yeah, it's like how conditioned are we now to just be in this world of fake connection where we're just getting these superficial snapshots and we're training our brains to continue to be in judgment and in that kind of reactive state where we know from a nervous system and neurobiology, we don't connect when we are in that fight flight reaction. And so how can we create more places of grounded connection so that there can actually be connection? But tell me about where did the name Hum Hum come from? <laughs> yeah, so there's kind of two parts. It was one of those, I was holding space for the name to actually come to me. I was like, not sure what I was going to call it. And um, I have a practice in yogic science through the Kundalini yoga tradition. And there's this mantra hum and specifically so hum, which is I am that. And the meaning for me is like really about witnessing that kind of essence quality in ourselves and in another person, that quality that is like, can be revered, can be um, seen with just such immense respect that is almost transcendent of some of our like personality traits and our conditioning and habits and patterns that we do end up taking on. So that's one piece. But then the other piece is that it's really human to human, hum hum. Um, and it's two humans or multiple humans just coming together to be human together. And so it's it was inspired by both of those, um, both of those. I love that. When I just even say the name like hum hum, it's fun in my mouth. And I feel a slight vibration into my heart. And I just thought that was such a beautiful name to really capture the essence of like mindful dating, because like when we all get on the same vibration, even in a yoga class, you know, when at the end or in the beginning, when people chant together, that vibration, right? We all start to feel, or I'll say for myself, I feel connected to other people. And so even just like the hum hum, I like, I'm like, ah, like I'm in my heart center. So anyway, I, I love the name. I'm curious to talk more about human connection because, you know, we are still in this like post pandemic world where we're 
getting back into like, oh yeah, I can go outside and I can, you know, travel freely. And I have actually a bunch of clients who are dealing with a lot of social anxiety still. And I know they're not alone. And obviously loneliness is a huge epidemic in our country. I just love to hear your wisdom on like, how can we practice more meaningful connection with each other in this world that is so tech heavy and we separate ourselves with these like invisible bubbles through chat messages or through our email? Like, how do we get to really foster more connection? Yeah, I think uh, such a good question and it's such an important one right now because I think you're right, folks I talk to as well. There's almost like this physiological stress response in the body when we think about meeting new people that automatically like almost stokes the judging mind. It's like, okay, I'm nervous because I'm meeting new people and I don't even think it's like uh, people are that conscious of it or it's not even like cognitive of a process. It's like our systems are just kind of jacked up from being more isolated and then having to come back out and like get off our devices. And I think starting where you are and then bringing that in, um, like naming what's happening in your experience, like I'm a little tentative about this or this feels kind of new to me again for some reason. And um, I also think having triangulation, I, I call it triangulation. I'm not sure what the like maybe scientific term for this is, but having some third thing that helps ease into intimacy versus have it be like right away direct you and me were in conversation so maybe that's you're playing some kind of a game or maybe that's you're going to do some activity or um, you set a timer and you each warm up and just share what's on your heart for three minutes like having some structure has for me and also for folks that have come to home home provided that sense of safety and ease to be like okay i know what I'm doing. Like, I don't have to think about what I'm doing. I don't have to think about what I'm talking about. That's why like conversation prompts are really helpful um, because it takes the work off of each person to have to like come up with a clever thing. And like, you know, when our energy is just like a little tentative and it's scary to open. And, um, and I think even for folks that are more extroverted and really comfortable engaging, it could start to feel a little bit robotic after a while if you're in that space of like, I'm the one that knows how to hold the space and engage anybody. It's like, yeah, but also you might too want, might want to be witnessed and seen and known and um, not need to drive the conversation all the time. And so having kind of that third thing that like a practice, setting a timer, using prompt cards, and there's you know many awesome cards, um, playing a game and then like if you go to an activity, being able to reflect on it afterwards or talk about it afterwards. So those are some things that I've seen work really well. I love that you bring that up, the triangulation piece, because I was, this was a few years ago where I was starting to like meet new people in Seattle. I realized that my community was kind of shifting a lot. And so I was, you know, trying to get out and meet new people. And we went away for a July 4th, like camp out and somebody brought Esther Perel's card game, which is called Where Should We Begin? And for those that don't know, Esther Perel is a very well-known psychologist and relationship expert. And 
it was really interesting because even though I love going deep with people and going there fast, like I love going intimately and getting very raw and vulnerable with people, I have kind of also learned, especially in Seattle, that sometimes that can be too much too fast. Like my New Yorker intensity can come in a little hot. <laughs> so I have had to like kind of read the room, learn to read the room. I'm still learning how to read the room. And people start to play this card game. And I just noticed, I was like, oh my God, like my heart just felt so much more open. I felt more relaxed. It felt like, wow, I can actually build relationships with people here authentically instead of staying in this like superficial conversation of, you know, what do you do or what do you do? And like, where have you traveled and da da da? And where do you live? Right. Like the, the similar kind of like five great topics or questions, but it didn't, it doesn't typically bring you into depth. And when I start to connect to people on that deeper level, it was like, oh my God, these are really interesting people. And I was hungry and excited to get to know them more. And I also felt really nice to, to be facilitated as you were sharing, you know, somebody who's typically leading the conversation, that's typically the role I wear. And so it was really nice to just receive and let myself actually open up in a new way than I have in the past. So I appreciate that triangulation piece. And I think like in the dating world these days, I, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, especially now, is I feel like there's this energy around, you know, New Year's resolutions and intention setting for the year. And a lot of people who have been single or who are wanting to date or there's kind of more energy right now to date, to meet people, to connect, to get out of their comfort zones. And for anybody who's feeling a little hesitant about getting out of their comfort zone or just even being open to new connections. I'm curious if you have any like guidance around that. Mm -hmm. I think like, again, it's like starting with that self-compassion, like letting that be there, not seeing it as a problem, seeing it as like, oh yeah, this is where I'm at. This feels really hard. And like, you know, I think I talk about like edges that are that we want to stretch into and then edges that are like, actually, no, that's just not for me. Like that doesn't feel good. And so if it's a connection or dating or one of those things that is at a growth edge that, you know, you want to move towards, then it's like how to practice with and work with the discomfort that comes up as, you know, in response to that. And I think grab a friend and like go to going to things helps a lot. Um, pick something that, you know, you already like to do, you know, and I think one of the difficult parts about a lot of what's available is that it's a very solo activity. Like you can, you know, go, whether you're going to like a yoga class or you're going to a concert or like that one, you know, it's easy to bring a friend, but um, I think finding communities and spaces that are offering like activities that you find interesting or enjoyable talks and stuff. And, um, and then like nudging yourself, like what's one thing I can do to try to meet one new person? Like how can I open myself up to ask someone else how they like that? Or have they been there before? Just keep it really simple. But each time you do it, like nudge yourself to try to have one new conversation with somebody that like you didn't come with or 
Um, or if you did go like bring somebody that is, you know, newer to you, like taking that initiative to reach out and invite somebody to something or, um, so I think those are some good ways. Like for me, anytime I go to a new city and I've been nomadic for like five years, one of the first things I do is like find where are the places I want to frequent and go. So like that, you know, for me, I love doing hot yoga or I'll join, um, like a meditation group and try to find where those are. And usually it's like the people that I want to end up meeting are at those places. I was looking at like rock climbing gyms here. It's not something I typically do, but I was curious to try that activity. And so, um, I was curious about that. And, um, so I think like, I know it takes a lot of energy, like to actually do the research and do that. So I think just having, being real about that, that that might be like energetically exhausting and like, okay, by the time I do the research, I'm like exhausted and can't actually go to the thing. I need another day to like pick the thing or whatever it is. So I think just being really gentle and like trusting that it might take some time. Um, even like also reconnecting with folks that you already have in your life. Like, I think this is another one where since I've been so immersed with like work, for the last several years, I've not been as proactive about reaching out to friends and be also because I've been moving, it's been harder to see people in person. And there's like some part of me that's like, I can't be online anymore. Like I can't do a call, but um, I never regret when I actually just reach out to somebody and say like, I'd love to catch up and just like hear how your life is and share what's going on in my life. And so that's not super dating specific, but it could be in that, for the folks that you do reach out to, you can talk about your heart and name that you are trying to date and like see what ideas they have, or maybe they know someone that you can meet in the city that you're in. Or I think just the more we talk about the truth of what's happening within ourselves to the people that are um, close to us or that had been close to us or even near us, the more opportunities we create for ourselves to actually have our needs get met and the more we share um, yeah, like here's what's happening for me. Here's where my aliveness is. Here's what my heart is craving. Like we give more people the opportunity to jump in and be like, oh my God, you should meet my friend so-and-so or want to come to this thing with me. So just starting to talk about it. I love so many things you just shared. One, being mindful of our edges, just like where we are and how to compassionately meet ourselves with gently nudging ourselves and being mindful of our energy. And yet not letting it lead to avoidance, you know, but how can we do it in like kind ways? And even just the fact of prioritizing connection in our life, whether it's with friends or community members that we haven't caught up with in a while. And one of the ways I love to do this is anytime I just think of somebody, like they pop into my mind or I do an activity that makes me think about a friend that da 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 da, you know, whatever the dots are connecting. I have this practice to text them in that moment and just say, hey, I'm thinking of you. How are you? And usually that will spur some sort of text conversation back and forth. And then not all the time, but a lot of the time I try to schedule like a walk and talk with a friend. And it's a way to get us both away from our computers, away from screens, outside, walking, talking. And one of my girlfriends has this phrase that I love that I've um, embodied, just like, how's your heart these days? So I love what you just shared of like, yeah, being really truthful about how is your heart? Because a lot of the times we don't 
want to go there even if we're doing well or right like we want to stay in our mind we want to stay in the accolades we want to stay in the what's been productive or where have we gotten credit or self-worth from but like how often do we really give ourselves permission to just share like yeah like my heart's full of joy and a lot of sadness right now and just give ourselves that permission to go there in the dating cycle some of the things i hear that can really create some heartbreak and frustration and disappointment and expectations which we know can be such a bitch like our mind gets so maybe hopped up on dopamine or whatever the potential of meeting somebody when we're on dating apps or when we're getting set up with somebody that we start to race to stories. Like our monkey mind starts to be like, oh, are they gonna be the one? Are they this person? And we start to like maybe get really excited in our body and we start to paint pictures of kids one day, right? Like just the mind races off into so many stories. Any words of wisdoms about like how we can practice managing the expectations in dating so that we can stay more present? Yeah, I love this. And I think it's so important. It's like the thing that nobody teaches us because we're taught that either that excitement means that, you know, that is the right thing or like, you know, it's really important to pay attention to the meaning we're making of our experiences. And I think so much of that connection to self is really what helps us to stay with it versus leaping into our ideas about what it is and just making all the room like, okay, let's see, let's see. And I think part of what has been helpful for me is not going to the extreme of pushing that energy away because I think there's actually an intelligence to it. There's something in it that is nutritive, that can fuel us, that is showing us something about our own heart's capacity to love and to vision and to tap into like what is actually true about my desire. So paying attention to what those stories are showing you about what you might want. And then like also looking at the strategies that the mind forms about how you think you will get what you want. So for me, it's always been like really getting intimate with the longing, the wanting, the longing um, versus my ideas about how I will achieve it. And so the, like, to make it really tangible, the longing of, um, collaboration is actually just one that I've always had, whether that's in partnership or with other folks, like, you know, teammates. Um, I so enjoy creating with people and building with people. And so like, I would notice that a lot of my um, romantic fantasies would be about like what kind of life I would build with somebody. And it was really about that. So it's like, Hmm, I see that I have this deep value for creativity and, and creating with somebody and creating with other people. So like, how can I get those needs met now? And also stay really intimate to the truth of my experience with the different people that I am meeting and dating so that I don't project onto them that longing, like you need to be the one that I'm going to do this with. So, cause like, if I can get those needs met, then I can stay in the truth of the moment of what's actually here versus like what I need to be here and like try to, and it's really difficult. Like it's not, um, because even when 
a new relationship starts and you're like six months in a year in like that tendency to want to project your own vision and needs and desires onto the bond is I think the thing that creates the suffering it's the thing that creates the tension and the disagreement and it's like so it's it happens in dating and it happens in relationship and so if you can practice it in dating then you're teeing yourself up so that as you get into relationships you you're constantly watching the way that the mind is making meaning like in relationship to the longing in relationship to what it doesn't like to like I remember noticing one time that I was dating someone and they um, pushed back our time to like have a call for a reason that like I didn't really understand. And typically I'm like, that's like not a big deal at all. Like, you know, if your energy is moving in a different direction, great, like do it. But I watched my mind get upset because I was like, what if this is a perpetual pattern? Like, what if this happens over and over into the future? And so I started to get like worried about a situation that wasn't actually happening. I was upset about the potential of a future and needing to like assert myself in the moment so that I could prevent that from happening in the future. And then I was like, whoa, I can totally rein that in and not like make this a bigger thing than it actually is and just stay with the, okay, I'm just feeling disappointed and a little bit unsure of how to relate to this. And maybe I can name that, but also like take full self-responsibility about it, that like I was having fear come up about what this could mean. And maybe like not needing to do that. And that's just like me and my journal, you know? And I think that's the thing that if we can become really clear within ourselves about what's happening, then we can share that in a way that invites somebody else in to be on our team about it or um, even just co-hold with us the longing without, and like, maybe they can't need it. And like, there can be shared understanding about that. And that's also really connecting. Oof, what you're talking about, like hits deep with me, even in my marriage and my partnership with my husband for over almost 12 years. And I feel like there's this like storyline that I grew up with. I know a lot of my friends, some of my coaching clients have this, especially as as women where it's like the Cinderella idea that we're going to find our prince charming and he's going to sweep us off of our feet and he's going to take care of all of our issues and we aren't going to have to worry about anything and we get to live happy ever after and you know like it that's just like the Disney version and I you know in marriage realize didn't really realize this in, in the dating portion of our relationship, but in marriage really realized like, oh, I am in a story here. I am projecting my needs on, on you. And that created a lot of kerfluffle in our relationship and a lot of opportunity for me to take responsibility for Oh, my need of safety, like and security. I get to embody that. I get to practice that. I can't ask my partner to provide that need. Like, yes, I can ask them, but I can't. I can't expect them to fill that bucket for me. I have to take per personal responsibility to fill that for myself. And anything that they can contribute is, you know, beautiful icing on the cake. When I started to realize that, it was like, oh, I could anchor back into my body versus the constant expectations that I was putting on my husband that 
we're constantly then creating tension and how hard it is. I think of myself as somebody who's very aware, have had a meditation practice for way over, you know, 15 years by now. And as aware as I thought I was, like this was a new level of awareness I've gained in the last few years. It's so interesting what you shared around intimacy and being able to recognize those needs in our intimacy, intimacy with self, intimacy with others, to be able to recognize our needs and kind of call those out before or, or while we're in relationships so that we're not like scratching at the surface or somebody else to fill that, I think is just words of wisdom. I wish I kind of understood years ago. Yeah, and I think like, when we know what our needs are and they're going to change too. Like, I think there are needs that maybe are persistent and then there are needs that do change. And like, when we can be really gentle with ourselves about those, it, I think it creates a lot more space in the relational container so that we don't, yeah, that we're really in self-responsibility about those needs, that it's like, they can be there. They are, have, they're valid, they have a place and they're mine. And like, here's how, you know, I'm in relationship with them. And I think it's like really a journey to kind of watch how, I mean, I just, I feel like in every experience I've ever had, like romantic relationship is the place where we just act all of our stuff out from our family constellation, from whatever it is that we're working out at some point, it enters into the relational field of the bond. And that is the deep work that I think we can start to see in dating. And if we are actively in that practice of doing the work and seeing the relational field as actually like a pretty intense mirror, not a means to an end of some longing we do have because I think that like life is kind of this way that it teaches us about our own hearts and how our creative energy wants to express and move in the world and how are we you know taken out by the ups and downs of life and I think that like dating is just a microsphere microsphere of the macro of all of life, which has its wins and its losses, its moments where our ego feels really boosted and moments where we feel totally fallen down and like trash. <laughs> and there are, and like how we meet that, the adversity of that and how we even meet the moments that feel successful and not let it fuel and feed or conceit or like notice when it might, like that's really the practice of all of it that whether you're in the space of dating or you're in a partnership, the work is kind of the same. <laughs> it's just like a different flavor of the same self-work. And like, for me, that work is ultimately about like, how can I come to expand the love in this heart? Like, how can I live into bigger and bigger expressions of love so that that's what I'm contributing? Like, I don't, and it's easy to have it become the opposite where it gets, we get really bitter, we get really frustrated, we get really angry. And like, you know, I've been very curious about anger because it's been actually coming a lot up a lot for me personally in this kind of recent phase of my life and how much I haven't actually allowed myself to feel my own anger. And 
recognizing also the intelligence in it, but that there's a way to wield it so that it's not harmful. Like, how do I be with anger in a way that doesn't perpetuate a field of anger and create harm, but it's this fuel for bigger love, ultimately, like love for self, love for others. Um, and so I think like that's starting to now touch into just the richness of the emotional landscape and how we can work with that to um, be the kinds of people that we feel proud of and that we feel um, are in integrity with how we want to be. I love that Hum Hum offers this space for people to like come together without their mass. Like, I feel like it's just like entry of ticket is like, yeah, drop your, drop your mask, drop the bullshit, drop all the like, you know, ego just a little bit and just come as your heart, as your human heart. And what a gift that is in just the world as a meeting connection space, but also as an entry point to hopefully build a romantic relationship and just like deeper, richer connection. Part of building connection, a huge pillar, I think, is trust. And I'm curious, like, what are some ways that either you've experienced in your own life or just know from being an expert in this world of human connection, how can we build trust within ourselves and within each other? Yeah, it's such an important question. I think there are a couple things that stand out. One is like, following through on what you say you're going to do like with yourself. So I think one of my practices that I'm still working on is how can I be precise enough with myself to commit to the things I say I'm going to do? And that's not like rigidly sticking to them if it's going to be self-harming in some way, but like really being clear, like, okay, I'm committing to this. I'm sticking to this. Um, or I'm going to do X. So like that follow through is really big. And then um, the integrity piece of knowing how I want to be and owning when I'm not in alignment with that in any way, even if it's really, really small, even if it's like just with myself, if I'm like, having, if I'm upset about something, like, instead of trying to convince myself of all the reasons why I should be or shouldn't be upset, like, really getting into the heart of the matter of what's going on, like, and being like, oh, yeah, like, it's this little ego trip that I'm having, and like, not in a self-judging way, but just in like, a, I'm being so truthful with what's happening, and I think it's the same in relationship, like I, being able to say to like my partner or a friend, like I was wrong when I did X, like I didn't show up in a way that like I feel good about or that I told you that I would. And I think there's a fine line between like doing that, uh, This it's really tricky territory because I know like for myself, I'll have a tendency to um, maybe like take more responsibility than I need to. Cause I like want to avoid conflict and I'm going to like overdo the, let me tell you all the reasons why this wasn't great. But when I actually showed up in a way that had an impact that I didn't foresee taking the time to go and be like, 
okay, what's mine in this? And really examining that and then owning the pieces that like, oh yeah, I was a little, I came in feeling frustrated and like, here's how that expressed in my tone. I can see how that actually wouldn't feel good or like just owning the parts that we can own. And I think in new connections, like it's a little bit trickier, but um, some things to, to build trust are just like slowing down and being with the process of this new connection. So like even naming, oh, I noticed that I like this might be really vulnerable for some people, but like, I noticed that I'm feeling a lot of energy around this connection. I'm feeling a lot of excitement about this connection. Um, and I just wanted to name that. So just like owning our experiences and trying to put words to it as best we can, or I'm noticing that I'm feeling kind of tired and like, don't have capacity to keep connecting. Like that's actually trust building because we're not stretching ourselves beyond capacity or um, saying, yes when we mean no and I think now I'm kind of finding my way to this but so much of what I think builds trust is knowing your own yeses and nos for yourself and like deeply honoring them because then other people can trust when you say yes because if you say yes when you actually mean no and then become resentful or you know get into things that like aren't actually what you want then you lose trust with the other person. So I think a lot of it is really like that self-awareness of what is truly a yes and not feeling guilty about if you don't have it. If, if there is not a yes, then okay. Like, or you might feel guilty, but still owning it, like own the fact that you are a yes or a no to something versus like just going along with it because you think it's what somebody else wants. You like rob them of the opportunity to actually create with you and also be, um, a recipient of your clarity, which is ultimately the kindest. I love that reminder around the truth and transparency equal trust, like for self and for others. And how we build trust with self and with others is by being consistent with those responses and knowing, like I know personally, like I've broken trust with self because I feel like I've abandoned my true yeses and true knows. So I really appreciate you naming that. And it's been a process of co connecting back. That's why my, I call it my power intention, but my theme for 2024 is soul is to like really listen inwards to like, what is my deep yearning, my deep answer here of truth and how to keep building relationships through that lens, because we can start to just get into a place where we're saying yes and no all over the place and in a reactive manner and whatever without any guide. And then, yeah, what are our relationships really built on if it's not from our, our inner truth and our true expressions? So I really appreciate you naming that. Alexandra, I could keep talking to you about relational mindfulness, connection, and dating. So I'll have to have you back on the podcast. Where can people learn more about you and about Hum Hum? Yeah, they can um, follow us on Instagram at humhumspace. It's at humhumspace. And then the website is humhum.space. And we offer guided one-on-one -on -one dates. We offer group events. Um, we have coaching as well. And so you can experience different aspects of intentional connection. Um, yeah. And then 
all of our contact information is on the website. Amazing. Thank you so much for, for being here and sharing your wisdom. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to the Centered in the City podcast. I welcome you to pause and just let the goodness of this episode settle into your mind, your body, your nervous system. And whether you are single, couple, dating, playing the field, I welcome you to think about how you create connection in your life these days. Does it feel meaningful and rich? Does it feel superficial? Maybe just notice the kind of relationships that you put your energy and attention into. And what would it be like to increase your heart connection in those relationships? Whether it's a sibling, a romantic partner, a best friend. What does that get to look like for you? Feel free to join me and Hum Hum on Instagram to continue the conversation. And if you are somebody who is wanting to start dating and get out there a little bit more in 2024, I welcome you to check out Hum Hum and explore the mindful dating experience and what building meaningful connection can feel like. Thanks as always for welcoming me into your ears, your heart, and your mind. And until next time, stay centered.